Welcome back. Bill Michaels show. Ben Kenny in for Bill. Zach Heilprin as well alongside. It is Thursday at noon. That only means one thing. Joining us now, Mr. Paul Charchi and guillotineleagues.com at Paul Charchi on Twitter. Paul, how are you? I'm doing great. Nice to talk to you, Ben. So it's an interesting weekend of football, and it starts off in hopefully a less depressing way than it has <laughs> over the last couple of weeks. Uh, hopefully uh-huh. there are points scored Saints Cardinals tonight. I, I mean, the over-unders above 35 which I think is a good sign, but I, <laughs> it's, it's sad that that's the, Oh, 35 points. All right. Hey, and listen, 17 to 18 game on. I'm a big 10 West guy. Like my favorite football is really disgusting offenses and horrible quarterback <laughs> play. So I like it, but I know the audience doesn't. So I kind of cater in that way. Uh, looking at tonight's game though, uh, saints at the Cardinals Cardinals have not won a game at home this year which is very weird to look at saints reeling. Don't know about the quarterback situation. What, what changes tonight? uh, If Andy Dalton does indeed start. Um, Well, Dalton is, uh, he brings competency to the position, just the one turnover in three starts. And that's, you know, that's the difference between him and and Jameis Winston was like one turnover a quarter. So that's, you know, that's the key difference, but also Alvin Kamara is just a lot better when Andy Dalton's there. With Dalton under center, Kamara averages 100 rushing yards per game and six receptions for 58 receiving yards. That's a total of 158 yards, and that's that's fantastic. So we'll we'll take that, and hopefully that continues here. He goes up against Arizona. They're a middle-of-the-pack run defense, but they've given up the most receiving touchdowns to running backs. So if Dalton's under center, you know, we might get a receiving touchdown from Alvin Kamara. Totally startable this week for sure. Um, it, we just... I'd like him to get a touchdown. Hasn't scored yet this year. First touchdown for Alvin Kamara coming tonight. What does your gut say about Taysom Hill tonight? Could, could this be a big Taysom Hill plays well and Packer fans wonder why they didn't keep him five years ago? Well, no, I wouldn't go that far. Um, and it's certainly not what he's being paid, which is absurd money. Yeah. Um, you know, where it gets interesting is if, you know, Winston's not 100%, Dalton's not 100%. You know, there's a scenario here where Taysom Hill takes naps. And if you've got a bye week issue at tight end, and many people do, this is a very difficult bye week. Um, then Taysom Hill gets kind of interesting that way. You know, he'll get a few runs, might get a few catches, and he might throw a few balls. So, you know, there's a scenario here where Taysom Hill helps out in that that specific situation. Last thing on the game tonight, DeAndre Hopkins returning. Does that I like I rem- last year when he was healthy, the Cardinals go off to that really good start. Is he the difference for that offense, him returning? Well, I would go, I wouldn't call him necessarily the difference, but he, he certainly helps with Hollywood Brown now out. That means that DeAndre Hopkins gets thrust into a major role immediately. Brown, he was third in targets in the league at 10 targets per game, and those 10 targets are not going to go to the undead corpse of A.J. Green. They're going to go to DeAndre Hopkins, and Hopkins is sitting up potentially a very big game with Marshawn Lattimore out of the New Orleans secondary. That when he leaves, they have to put Paulson Adebo in a cornerback. He's only played half the season. He's already allowed the most touchdowns per game of any corner and has allowed the eighth most yards. He's only played, it's only appeared in three games this year. So it's a very positive matchup that way. That way. Over the last three weeks, Justin Jefferson, Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and Jamar Chase have averaged seven receptions, 118 yards, and one and a quarter scores against New Orleans. 
And I think I think Hopkins walks right into just a fantastic spot here. All right, let's go to the to the Packers Commanders game coming up on Sunday. I'm interested to hear how the fantasy, how you, how how fantasy people view this Packers offense, which is clearly struggling. And I mean, yeah. like if if you were to have, let's say, every single player on the Packers roster on your team, is anybody startable anymore? Oh yeah, against against Washington, this is a huge bounce back game coming. And I look, I understand. You know, I saw on Twitter how bitter people were in game, and I I I get it. That was an embarrassing game, and the last few have been very wobbly. But Washington will cure a lot that ails you. This secondary is a total disaster right now. Their cornerbacks. Kendall Fuller and well, first of all, one of their starting cornerbacks is basically not playing and he's asked for a trade. Then they've got cornerback Kendall Fuller, who is allowed the second most receiving yards of any player in the league. Ben St. Juice normally plays in the slot, but he's been forced outside because of William Jackson and his trade request and all that. So he's playing out of position. I think this is a very good game coming for Rogers Lazard and the most favorable matchup of Romeo Dubs' career coming right here. And I'm really excited about his opportunity. I love that he's had a 91% snap share the last three weeks. Christian Watson probably out with the hamstring injury. So those snaps are going to hold and a great opportunity against this secondary. So I, I'm really optimistic about Rogers, Lazard, Dubs. Now what's going to be fascinating, Ben, Aaron Jones is running at almost six yards a clip and they've got, they, you know, look, I've, you know, we love A.J. Dillon and everything, but you got to give the ball to the guy who's running it like twice the yards per carry. And, you know, it, Jones is obviously, to me, to my eyes and statistically, so much better. I think they got to quit doing the even timeshare here. I think it's just about winning games, and the best thing they can do to win games is give Aaron Jones the ball. Yeah, I, it's a true I watch it and I think I'm going insane kind of situation with how he how little he touches the football which which running game in this contest do you think performs better Brian Robinson and maybe Antonio Gibson though I don't really think he uh, has seen the field much since Robinson has returned that unit or the Packers side against a good uh, Washington front and you know that Washington front I would say it's just good you know it used to be great when everybody's healthy and you know they had all those first round draft picks and you know but a lot of those guys aren't playing and you know, Robinson just hasn't been that effective, unfortunately. Now, your run defense hasn't been very good either, giving a 5.3 yards per carry, seven different backs of top 70 yards against your team. In the past three weeks, you've given up four rushing touchdowns uh, and seen the sixth most carry. So I kind of like Robinson here. But honestly, this offense is pretty broken, and it already was, and it doesn't get any better with Taylor Heineke at, at, at the helm. He's, you know, he just, he's, he's, he's got an NFL backup arm. He's just, he is a weak armed, plucky thrower. Just doesn't get doesn't get a much done. Get much done, and I, I don't I don't see this offense doing a lot. To be honest, I'm way way more optimistic about your offense. By the way, Packers offensive line, what gives? That was one of the worst performances last week that I've seen from a Packer line, even with all the injuries from last year. Man, you I, I don't know. That was that was shocking. 
seeing that team get run through last week, that offensive line get run through. Yeah, it was eye-opening. And you go back and watch the film of the game. A lot of big gains were there to be had if one more player held his block. Like They, they were close. Yeah. And it, it kind of is frustrating to hear it from the coach and quarterback, but they really were against the Jets. So it, it's hard to explain. It's tough. Could be some shuffling. Could see Elton Jenkins go back to left guard. Maybe get Yash Nyman in there mm-hmm. at right tackle. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I, we'll, we'll see what plan they go out there with. I like the optimism, though, when it comes to the Packers' offense. Let's let's well, go this on. Opponent, it, look, if they were playing somebody else, I'd be talking a different story right now. I'd be talking about you know three straight wobbly games for this offense. But the Commanders are going to make a lot of that get right at least for one week. Yeah, I I know the Commanders are bad, but maybe I've watched too much NFC East football. I, going in there is a sleepy place, and it's a dump, and games get weird. At I least, don't know. I, they've, got the, they've got the lamest. They got the lamest home field advantage of eh, maybe other than maybe the Jaguars. The lamest home field advantage there is in football. Yeah. So I, you know, you you know, you can't spend you can't can't spin that into a positive. Yeah, except for the fences collapsing on opposing quarterbacks. Let's uh, <laughs> let's go to the quarterback situation across the league because Dak returns in Dallas after weeks yeah. with the thumb injury. It's also a big bye week. Jalen Hurts and others are out. Uh, I also had a tweet at me asking if two was going to play where he might return as well. Uh, the Steelers situation is weird. Maybe Pickett's out with a concussion. Maybe he's not. Uh, how do you view one Dak's return to Dallas, but also guys you can look at if your quarterback's on a buy so there's a good chance we're going to see Dak Prescott on Sunday I, I think almost you know 90 percent chance I think you just start him immediately because he's playing Detroit Detroit is uh, giving up the third most yards per pass attempt they've surrendered multiple passing touchdowns in three of the last four their pro football focus is second lowest graded coverage unit and they face Geno Smith Bailey Zappi and Carson Wentz and, you know that's you know not exactly Hall of Fame quarterbacking there and so you add in the fact that Dak Prescott also gets Michael Gallup back. I think that helps. You've got a uh, healthy CD lamb. We don't know what's going on with, uh, with Dalton Schultz yet, but in, in totality, this looks like a really good opportunity for Dak Prescott. Worry a little bit that they're going to get ahead and just grind out the game on the ground, which is very possible and just kind of keep Dak Prescott's hand in shape. But Short of the short of limited volume, I still think Dak's a startable commodity. He's my number nine ranked quarterback this week. All right. Uh, what about the backfields? Uh, the Denver backfield is a weird one. My guy Mike Boone saw a lot of passing down work, and then Melvin Gordon just did not get the football as that game went on. Latavius Murray is suddenly getting twenty, however many carries. Uh, what do you see in the Denver backfield? Because it, it feels like one that could have a lot of success just really hard to understand who is going to get the football so this whole nathaniel hackett thing this is a, talk about a lose lose your offense is worse without him denver's offense is worse with him there's no <laughs> winners here they do to be in his honeymoon phase of of his coaching career first six games right i mean this is you know you should be able to you know do almost anything you want but he's already he's already in desperation mode things have gone so badly for him and you know he uh so he benches melvin gordon on monday night and then when asked why, he cryptically says, we didn't have a lot of plays. I don't even know what that means for why you benched Melvin Gordon. Um, you went to overtime. I mean, there were plenty of plays. I don't know. 
I don't even know what that means. But what I do know is that Melvin Gordon has been bad, and I think Hackett should have just stuck to his guns and say we need more more productivity out of, out of the running back position. But he didn't do it, and now he's put Gordon back in. He's he's equivocated, and now he's got Gordon back in as a starter. But for how long? And nobody knows. If Denver was a high-powered offense, Ben, I'd be telling you, roll the dice on somebody. You know, let's go try to – let's see if it's going to be Latavius Murray or Mike Boone or whoever. But this is the lowest-scoring offense in the NFL. So we'll just skip the guessing game here. We're not going to we're not going to play or we're not going to play that game with the Denver running backs. We're out, out. Yeah, free Mike Boone. That's what I've been trying to say. Get my guy more looks in there. He's a beast. Uh, last one before we let you go, real quick. The Jacksonville backfield's interesting. I have a lot of Travis Etienne stock, so I've enjoyed the trend of him getting the ball more. But James Robinson yeah. came out out of the gates on fire. Now he gets the ball less. What do you see there? Yeah, this is tra- this this is a changing of the guards. This is as clinical as Buckingham Palace, and everything's trending away from Robinson towards Travis Etienne. Uh, Robinson's lost a third of his snaps from the first half of the season. He's started uh, he started the season at five yards per carry. To your point, he was very good, and now he's down to three yards per carry in the second half. You know, last three games, um, his yardage is in half. His after scoring four touchdowns in the first three games, he hasn't sniffed the goal line since then. And everything's going the exact opposite for ETN. Everything's spiking. And honestly, ETN looks great. And so we're selling Robinson. Get out whenever you can. We're buying ETN. If you don't have him, go try to get him. The owner might not know what he's got yet because that thing is uh, that thing's going his direction big time. That is news I like to hear. Charge, appreciate it. We'll talk next Thursday. Sounds good, Ben. Thanks. Bye-bye. There he is. Paul Charchian at Paul Charchian on Twitter, guillotineleagues.com. Find him there. He's the best uh, fantasy football. All right. I'm Ben Kenny, Zach Halpern alongside. We're going to step away, take a quick break. A lot more Packers chatter to come. We're starting again the conversation we were having in the last hour. I, how does this offense get fixed? Who is like, where do we actually look to say, okay, that needs to improve drastically. It Did Goody in the offseason make questionable decisions? All of that surrounding them entering a game in Washington where Paul Charchin, if you heard him there, very confident in what the Packers can do, a favorable matchup for the passing game. We'll talk about all of it. It is the Bill Michaels Show. More coming up next. Covering Wisconsin sports like a blanket, this is the Bill Michaels Show. On the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back. Bill Michael Show. It is a Thursday. I'm Ben Kenny. That is uh, I almost said that is Bill Michaels. That is Zach Heilprin. In for Bill today. Bill will be back tomorrow. Sometimes you get robotic in the ins and outs. And yeah. I'm just used to saying the name Bill Michaels because... Bill Michael show. God forbid if we ever hosted a show together twice a week. Yes. Uh, Kenny and Heilprin will be live five to six at Monk's Bar and Grill tonight in Sun Prairie. We're also live six to seven every Tuesday. If you do not get the show because it is broadcast in Madison and lacrosse, the podcast is available. We talk Wisconsin Badgers and only Wisconsin Badgers, except for the one time where Devontae Adams got traded while we were on air. <laughs> and I said, Devontae just got traded. And you said, hmm. And then we moved on <laughs> sticking to the brand yes. Packers commanders this weekend. Green Bay is five point favorites in Washington over under 41 and a half. Zach, I was just telling Paul Charchian who was with us that I maybe I've watched a lot of NFC East football in my life, given where I was brought up. 
it's just a Washington's a weird, crappy, sleepy place to play. It's kind of like Northwestern for the Badgers, where even if the team you're playing isn't great, they they'll have good linemen. It'll be a it'll be a sloppy game. I I don't know that the weather usually sucks. You have sewage pouring on the fans. The owner's a scumbag. It's just the energy of that place is weird. And Charging was talking about the matchup with the Washington secondary, which I agree is a favorable one. The Washington front is the strength. However, I Chase Young has been out I pretty like they are not fully healthy up there. So are you going to try to attack them through the air where one of their cornerbacks wants a trade and all that? And uh, it's a place where Lazard and Dobbs can hopefully win. Like, yeah, ideally you do that. I don't know. It just, I've watched too many games in that damn stadium. It feels like it's going to be somewhat of a slop fest. What do we compare it to? Northwestern? Yeah, Northwestern. It, yeah. it feels like that. And then sometimes, like we saw this year, sometimes you just blow them out because they suck. And that could be the situation we see on Sunday. I don't know. Five-point spread, Green Bay's minus five. Over on, I, like, I would destroy the under here. 41 and a half. It feels like a 17 to 13 game. Uh, the Packers win and Washington covers. That's where I am sitting here today. Let's go to the phones, though. Uh, let's talk to Eric in Green Bay. He's been waiting on hold. Eric, what's up? What's happening, fellas? How are you? I'm doing all right. How about yourselves? Uh, it's a uh, it's a good Thursday. I, I'm looking forward to the weekend. Uh, I'm all over playoff baseball right now, honestly. My my brain's oh, in many yeah. places. But what's on your mind, man? Go Pods. Go Pods. Go Pods. Uh, Wait, are you? I Actually, I want to add... Are you rooting for the Padres because of Josh Hader? I'm rooting because for the Padres because they've never won a damn thing before. That's fair. And, uh, that makes and, sense. Uh, I, you know, I've never had a thing against the Padres except I think the uniforms are ugly. But you know, oh, they're hideous. Go, go Pods! But, I got gotcha. you. I got gotcha. you. Before uh, before you went to your your fantasy segment, there you were talking to them two. There were you had two straight callers call. One said that he would have traded Rodgers two years ago. That's ludicrous. Yeah, uh, trade your first ballot Hall of Fame quarterback who's still winning MVPs. No. Uh, the, the other guy said he thought it was because Rodgers wasn't at the OTAs. What, one week in June or whenever that is is why this is week six going on seven now in, in the season. That has nothing to do with it, especially when you see number 70 – play after play after play where he either doesn't touch a person and runs through the line and the guy he was supposed to block makes the play behind the line or he goes and hits the guy that 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 uh, Josh Myers is already hitting and the guy that runs past makes a play I, the, I think the biggest concern I mean three weeks ago two weeks ago after, before the Giants game we were all like hey it's all looking good except the, the offense needs to really start clicking and figure something out but we were talking about how Quay Walker sucks. We were talking about how fast the dude is, and he hits like a truck. All right, we have a big problem with one guy on the offensive line. They need to move Royce Newman somewhere to the bench, somewhere. Yeah, they and will. The most concerning thing to me is that after getting they're watching the right end of their line just getting destroyed against the Giants, they threw the same line out there against the Jets, expecting something different to happen, and it didn't. It was worse. And yeah, well, Hanson like got that hurt. Line is established. We know that they have to move things around on the line. So move things around on the line, man. Yeah, that's the problem. Well, I think Lafleur will. I mean, let's be honest here. It wasn't only 
uh, the right guard position. Elton Jenkins played one of his tougher games as a pro. Like the line as a whole did not perform. I agree. Uh, I I mean, is there a little bit of truth to the OTA thing? Like, I don't think Rodgers being at OTAs changes where this team is right now. But would it have been a positive influence on the young guys? Yeah, no doubt. But that won't change where the struggles are coming from. I'm with you. And the the trade comments uh, to defend Gerard. Did, he did say this offseason when all of that was swirling, not two years ago. He was talking about entering this season. But I don't know. It's hard to – like, Rodgers has to play better. I, I think it's pretty clear. But also the guys around him do as well. Yeah, it's kind of hard. I, I want to criticize the RPO offense and all this stuff. I want to see Rodgers under center a lot more. But when your line isn't blocking anybody, I mean, if, you're, if your line's not blocking anybody, it doesn't matter what you do. So they got to get that fixed first and then and – then, uh, then we'll see what happens. But yeah, I sure hope they make some changes for this week. I'll tell you that. It'd be a good week to try some different do something different out. Thanks for taking my call, guys. I appreciate you. Have a great day. Yeah, thanks, Eric. Appreciate it. And I think we're gonna hear from Matt LaFleur in the next hour, but he did speak and he did say that it's something they're they're working through and trying to decide whether you go with two do do you make the move and move two guys? Do you move one guy? Do you continue doing what you're doing? Like it, it's all it feels like it's all on the table right now and that is a little bit disconcerting that it's Thursday and it's still on the table right now. Um, but that's why you practice. You practice and whether those things are uh, play out on the practice field and you're, you're comfortable with them putting it on the game, uh, we'll see. But I don't know how you run Roy Suman out there again. I don't, no. I don't see how you can run the same offensive line out there again. I mean, Matt LaFleur is a lot of things. He's not stupid. He, he watched the tape. I'm sure he took the same things away from it that everybody else who watched the game did of, my goodness, that right guard position was the biggest liability ever. When it's also, let's be fair, I mean, he, they made the move. They made the move to replace him. And Hanson got hurt. And Hanson got hurt, so they were yeah. forced to put him back in. So it's pretty clear that they realized that there's an issue there and that they can't necessarily continue with that going in that direction. And so I, I guess I would be shocked, shocked, if it's the same offensive line as last week. Um, and that brings up the thing again. I said, is Zach Tom that far behind? Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I, let's see what it looks like on Sunday before we sit here and say Zach Tom's a bust. Okay. Cause I feel like that's the way you're going with this. And it's, it, he wasn't like how many, how often are rookie offensive linemen thrown in, into the mix, uh, to, to play a big role. Now it's, it's happened in green Bay and it's actually worked out. David Bakhtiari was a rookie thrown into it. Played pretty darn well back in 2013. Uh, Elton Jenkins thrown into it. Played pretty darn well. John Runyon thrown into it. Myers as well. Bit. Josh Myers outside of the injury. Um, so in Royce Newman last year. So like all these guys have have they've done it in the past. But I I mean I'm let's we'll see where Zach Tom is. Yeah. Eight seven seven eight six seven sixteen seventy. You want to chime in? Do it. The when it comes to the OTAs because that's something that's persisted forever. It wasn't just one week. Like no, right? I mean, it's the entire off season. He, he showed instead of showing up for the entire off season, he showed up for one week. And the one thought I agree with when it comes to the off season is, did it play into Devonte? Not like no. De, Devonte probably looked at the future of of his career with the Packers and saw time without Rodgers, which makes sense because nobody knew what Rodgers was going to do. And this goes back two off seasons ago when all that went on. I just I, I think more of a more of a set future might have changed it. It also might not have. I don't but. think Aaron Rodgers showing up for OTAs is was affecting Devontae Adams' opinion on like how long he was going to be there. No, I mean the off season as a whole, like the off season two years ago. But the, 
OTA-wise, would I have liked to see him there? Yes. Would it have changed the fact that this team is really struggling and has some talent deficiencies and can't execute anything? Probably not. No. Likely not. No. I, the only thing you could say is just giving him a little more time with the, wide, with the young wide receivers, right? And, and, and learn together in those three weeks. But I, outside of that, I think it's... That's such a long time ago now. It's it's week, you're, you're going into week seven. Well, also, when he talks about being on the same page with the receivers and what that time would have done is the guys that Rodgers trusts, like Randall Cobb and guys throughout the career, are so good when the play breaks down and Rodgers scrambles a bit or creates time, and then he's the best quarterback I've ever seen at improvising and finding guys down the field. I feel like those players that he's had the connection with and Devonte was one and Cobb. And again, all of the guys throughout the career that have succeeded, like that's, those are the moments I feel like that are important when it comes to the camaraderie between quarterback and receiver for Rogers. You look at Aaron right now and he's not really scrambling. I feel like experience matters there. Experience playing together. I don't know if you're going to get that in three weeks. Well, it, it wouldn't hurt, but I like the, unwritten language that him and Devontae Adams had didn't happen because of what they did in OTAs. Right? No. It, it, it happened over a period of years. Uh, same thing with Randall Cobb, same thing with Jordan Nelson, same thing with Greg Jennings. All the guys that he had it with, it was developed over years. Yes. So I don't know if it would have I, I seriously doubt it would have made a difference this year. Well, you also look at Rodgers right now, and a big part of this is the offensive line. But he hasn't been scrambling much. Where we've seen him have a lot of success, like he's not a run, he's not Lamar Jackson. Obviously, he's not a Josh Allen even in terms of running the football. But he was always very spry to go pick up a first down, or last year even to score in the end zone on uh, Jamal Adams. I think in Seattle, like he's not really scrambling right now. And he, I believe, he to- talked about that yesterday, saying he needs to be a little bit more. Uh, in that vein, like, cause there are, there have been some opportunities. I think there's been some screenshots of guys <laughs> trying to even him try and throw the ball down the field when he had about five to 10 yards in front of him to be able to take off uh, early. And I think it was, I think it was a first down play last week against the jets, but I, I, he I'm pretty sure he has spoken about it and, and the needing to do it more. I think I have it. Here's Rogers on how his thumb injury, which he's currently thumb gate. I heard what? it referred to by who Evo. What? In the morning. I was about to say what idiot, but no, I can't say that now. <laughs> uh, how it compares to the broken toe from last year or the strained calf muscle during the playoffs. Well, the toe was nice because I got Bob just, you know, gave me some numbing stuff, so I didn't even feel it. I was nine toes out there. But uh, calf, obviously, was very restrictive with my movement in the pocket. So I still have what little I got left. Uh, and it's, you know, like I said, this is going to get progressively better throughout the season. And I'm hoping in a couple weeks it won't be an issue. Yeah, you didn't really talk about the scrambling, (laughs) but uh, in terms of what the injury means. But yeah, that's also where the fact that Randall Cobb is out two to four weeks and not the whole season, like that would have been a a, crazy to say, given where we were a year and a half ago, where Cobb came back because Rodgers wanted him back and didn't expect much and everything. But Randall Cobb, you take him away from this offense for the rest of the season, you're kind of without that experience with Rodgers that when he does scramble, which I assume he will a little more as the line plays better and as they figure other things out, I you need a guy like Cobb there because that's where those plays come from. Yeah. And Tanyan, I guess, as well. Yeah, so you definitely need – I mean, I think that's been a pleasant surprise the way that Tanyan has played, especially last week. Kind of feels like he's getting 
uh, closer to the guy he was back in 2020. Yeah, he looks really good. Also, that touchdown against the Patriots, very impressive. Yes. Very impressive. All right, 877-867-1670. A lot more to come when we return. A lot of teams sit at 3-3 and through six weeks Uh, this season. Which which ones have the best chance to make the playoffs? Which feel like a a better three and three, and which feel like a worse? We'll hit on that when we return. One o'clock, we'll hear from Matt Lafleur. He talked about the offensive line. We'll get into those comments. A lot more to come. He is Zach Howell. I'm Ben Kenny. It's the Bill Michael Show. Ready? This is the Bill Michael Show on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Welcome back in. It is the Bill Michaels Show, 877-867-1670. Twitter, Benzie Kenny, at Zach Heilprin. He's Zach. I'm Ben. We're live tonight, Monk's Bar and Grill, Sun Prairie. Will we be joined by a guest to be determined? That's the hope. We are hoping to be joined by a guest that uh, usually joins us. So uh, we shall see. Stay posted. Come out, say hi. Go to Monk's across the state. It's great. Uh, game day specials everywhere. When the Packers and Badgers score, which unfortunately recently has not been a common occurrence, uh, jello shots and other beer deals and all that good stuff. I feel like it's it's either hundreds of jello shots or no jello shots when it comes to Wisconsin football. Or you are then drinking the terrific beer deals to cope with yes. what has been a frustrating uh, couple months yeah. of, of football. So looking around the NFL, we spoke about how the 2010 Packers were three and three and four and four, I believe during that season. And obviously roster was in a different place than this one is in terms of talent. So you look at this Packers season so far though, like the Vikings loss was a drumming. It was kind of expected though, given what happened last year as well. The bears are just terrible. The Bucks, I it was a good win. It was, they're kind of a shell of a team, though. They were banged up on the outside. The New England game, maybe it should have been a tie. Maybe the Patriots should have won that one. Um, that was kind of alarmingly close. And then the Giants and Jets just completely outplay the Packers. There are a lot of 3-3 three and three teams. The ones currently in the NFL, the Dolphins, the Patriots, the Ravens, the Bengals, the Niners, the Rams, the Bucks the Falcons and the Packers. And I was looking around. It's like the three and three records that feel like they're better to me, Miami, right? Tua gets hurt. They've lost a couple games in a row when he's been in, they've been really explosive. They feel like they are better than three and three, the Ravens. Yes. A lot of defensive problems, a lot of injuries, but they've choked away some games. Like they feel like a better team than 500. The Niners, another one, a lot of defensive injuries, an inexplicable loss to the Falcons last week, but they feel like they're, they might finish atop the NFC West. And then the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a lot of wide receiver injuries. You would think the offensive line play better as the season goes along and Brady succeeds. Meanwhile, there are teams that are three and three that they feel like they're a lot worse. One of them are the Rams, right? Like they, the offensive line has been getting crushed. The defensive line is not winning games. They're kind of just, dumping it down to Cooper cup all the way up and down the field. And then hoping a big play comes, they can't run the ball. They don't feel very dynamic compared to last season. Um, and like, where do you think the Packers fall on that spectrum when it comes to 
teams that are three and three, but it looks like they're going to turn it around soon or others. I might even throw the Broncos in this three and three conversation, even though they're two and four, like they feel like they suck. The defense is good, but that's the most inept offense I've seen next to the Packers of teams. We thought were going to be good. So there's a connection there. There is a connection there. Paul Charchian talked about it. Uh, Nathaniel Hackett, it's a lose-lose. The Packers are worse without him, and the Broncos are worse with him. Yeah, I look at the the three and three teams, and you talk about the Packers of 2010. They they started three and three. They ended up going. They ended up winning four straight after that. So they were they were not four and four. They, okay. They, they ended up being seven and three, and then they, uh, I think, ended up winning just three of their last five, or three. Of their no, they went three and three down the stretch just to barely get in the playoffs. But either way. Uh, this is this roster is in win all mode, right? I mean, this oh. is this is an all in type of season for the Packers. The way that they did their the off season salary cap and that type of stuff, some of the deals that they gave, this was this is it. Like yes. it doesn't feel like there's going to be a whole lot to be able to manage to get around uh, the salary cap next year again. Who knows? People have been able to find ways to get around the salary cap and and all that stuff, but it feels like that that bill's coming due, and so. It's it's all in, and it does feel a little bit different than maybe some of these other teams that are uh, maybe not in the same exact position as Green Bay. I don't want to say like the Rams aren't; they kind of are because uh, they don't have any draft picks. They feel like similar teams this season right now, though. Yeah, when, yeah. like they, they have a bo- lot of talent. They could both use an OBJ. Yeah, a lot of deficiencies. I saw Dan Graziano this morning actually in ESPN kind of threw it in there at the end. It was a big ESPN notebook they do, and Graziano said, uh, "quote." Two team executives familiar with the Beckham situation told me last week the realistic time frame for him to be recovered from the knee injury and available to play is around mid-December. Yeah. So that just brings up for me, like, yeah, would they be better with him in the playoffs? Yes. But, like, we know the Rodgers, it could take a little bit of time to get him going. I, I don't think that change. If you put Odell on this team starting in late December, how much does that change? Like, not much. Maybe too late. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it may be too late. They might not even make it, correct? Yet, yet at this point, Ben, when you look at it, you mentioned all those three and three teams. It means that there's nobody's truly, truly running away with things, right? Um, the Rams would be in the playoffs if they started today. They'd be the seventh seed. The Packers would be one game out. They'd be the eighth seed. Uh, not the eighth seed, the um, the eighth team. They'd be the first team out. There's. It's not like a three and three is, is put you so far behind. Now, you're in trouble a little bit in the in the central or in the central in the north with uh, Minnesota being the way that they are and the way that the NFC East is kind of uh, running away from the rest of the division or the rest of the conference with six and zero Philly five and one uh, New York and then four and two Dallas, but those teams are going to beat up on each other. So it's it, it feels like one of those teams is going to fall back and it's all going to be fighting for those final two uh, wild card spots at this point. Well, the problem is the Packers play the NFC East. And they've already lost to the Giants. We think they'll beat the Commanders. Do we? Do you Th- think they're going to beat the Commanders? I think they'll win close, like very close. Um, but I'm I don't not- have any. Com- I don't have any confidence one way or the other. Like I can't. I've tried. I've I've been confident this entire season. Like saying, "Yep, they're going to beat the Giants." Oh, they're definitely going to beat the Jets. They yeah. they got to come home. They got to you know off that loss. Uh, there's zero confidence here that they're going to go into Washington, which we have said is a Weird place, to pl- weird place to play and beat them. Should they beat them? Absolutely. If they don't, next week should be fun uh, for this type of show. God. But it's not. I don't think it's any. I don't think you can sit here and say, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna beat the they're gonna beat the Commanders. 
easily. I'm not confident they will. I, I think they will. Yeah. But then the point is, they've already lost to the Giants. They have this game on Sunday, and they still have to play the Cowboys and the Eagles. And they get the Cowboys at home, and maybe the team will look better by then. But they go to Philly Sunday night football. The fact that the NFC East has turned into a really good division suddenly has hurt them. Um, and then down the stretch of the season, you still get your Bears and your Lions um, and the and the Vikings, but the Dolphins have turned into a, a really solid team. Like they played the AFC East too, and they've already lost to the Jets. They were a close one with the Patriots, but they have to play the Bills. Like as time Sunday has gone football. on, yeah. <laughs> In this three game uh, road trip here going forward, which I'm sure we will hear from uh, some from the head coach about going on the road and how tough it is and all that. Because we did hear going to the Jets game. Oh, it's our it's our first noon kickoff, and you know it's it's a weird schedule, and and you hope they get enough sleep. Just shut up and play. Yeah, manifest positivity. Oh, stop it, Aaron Rodgers. <laughs> um, but it's interesting because I, I don't want to do a hierarchy of the three and three teams, but <laughs> or tiers, tiers, tiers of go. three and three teams. Um, but there's the I think they'll be going to make the playoffs tier. There is the. I have no freaking clue, but they have talent tier, and that's the Rams and the Packers right now. Um, and then the kind of fraudulent and likely will lose games, that's Falcons. Yes. Uh, yeah, for sure. And where are the Seahawks in that? Are the Seahawks 3-3? Three and three? They are. Um, they're with the Falcons. Okay. Like, the teams that I think are still good and will make the playoffs, Dolphins, Ravens, 49ers, Bucks, teams that have a lot of talent and I have no clue, the Bengals, and the Packers, and then teams that I think suck, and well, not suck, but will fall down, are the Patriots, the Falcons, and the Seahawks. Um, I think I hit all of them. I might not have, because tears are, it's not an exact science here. It's so <laughs> arbitrary. <laughs> Do you, uh, of the uh, of the three and three teams in the NFC, the Packers have been outscored by the opponent. The Rams have been outscored by the opponent. The Seahawks have been outscored by their opponents. Um, the Buccaneers have not, and the Falcons have not. So, if we're talking about teams that just have not looked good against and, and aren't playing good football, the Rams, the Packers, and um, uh, the uh, Seahawks, I think all go into that that same vein. Yeah. Uh, I tweeted this. This is kind of my last. This is what sums up my thoughts. The Packers feel closer to a Broncos-type 2-4 and four record, even though they're 3-3, three and three, than they do to a... Miami Dolphins three and three record. Yeah. If that makes sense, sure. even though they're all technically in the same place and it's the NFL and stuff changes and they definitely have a chance to bounce back. But in terms of the feel around the team and how they're playing uh definite, I, I feel like they're a little fortunate to be three and three um, given even the close wins that maybe could have gone the other direction. Eight, seven, seven, eight, six, seven, 1670. He is Zach Heilprin. I'm Ben Kenny coming up at the top of the hour. We will hear from Mr. Matt LaFleur speaking to the media today, spoke about the offensive line. Maybe we'll hear about the road trip. I don't know. Excited to listen. We'll react. Take your calls as well. When we come back, it's the Bill Michael show. This is the Bill Michael show on the Wisconsin sports zone radio network. <laughs> 
now, in Green Bay, here's Mike Clemens. The Packers getting ready for Sunday's game in Washington. Missing from practice yesterday was Aaron Rodgers. He's still dealing with that sore thumb on his right hand that he says at times made it hard to grip the football against the Jets. How did it feel after the game? I mean, it was sore after the game. It's progressively gets better throughout the week. Uh, similar plan, I'll you know, go out and practice tomorrow, Friday, and take it easy Saturday and be ready to go Sunday. Rogers said he was in the training room for over two hours getting medical treatments on that thumb yesterday. Sammy Watkins is back at practice after being taken off the IR. Watkins says the Packers need to play with more confidence. That's the mindset. Talk to yourself. Uh, bring that juice. Be the vibe. I mean, play with a swagger, a confidence, and I think that's what we have to do coming this Sunday. Whatever's going on, play with swag and confidence. Talk to yourself. Talk trash. Do something to bring the best out of yourself. That's what I do and um, hopefully we go out there this week and do that. After back-to-back losses, what did Matt LaFleur tell the team? You know, I just challenge them to go out and compete to the best of their ability, put in the work throughout the course of the week, and go out and enjoy this. We've got to have fun playing ball. This is such a great opportunity for, for every every time you step out on the field. you got to enjoy it. That's Packers head coach Matt LaFleur. In Green Bay, I'm Mike Clemens on The Bill Michaels Show. Welcome back in. It is the Bill Michaels Show. Ben Kenny, Zach Heilprin here with you. 877-867-1670 if you want to join. We're going to hear from Matt LaFleur when we come back at the top of the hour. Thursday press conference. The status of, of many players, I'm sure. Whether the offensive line will be moved around. What it's like playing in the worst stadium known to man. like it, The worst structure in this country. That is where they're going on Sunday, Zach. He's, he worked there. I know he worked there. And, oh, it that, is a piece. And they're trying to get a new stadium built. But uh, with that guy there, I don't think it's going to happen. Well, the owner said if Dan Snyder builds a new stadium, then, then, then it'll be he'll different. be okay. Yeah, we won't knock. We'll totally we'll, be okay. We won't kick him up. You could steal money, but, oh, I just can't get over the videos from last season. Number one, they had a, a, ben, a, a fence almost fall on an opposing quarterback. I mean, the guys fell out of the stadium. Yes. Or out of the stands. Yes. And they had sewage pipes burst on the fans. Yeah. So if there are any, uh, let's do that. If there are any Packer fans that are making the trip, I would love to talk to you and, and see if you're well prepared for. Like Lambeau Field is the greatest stadium I've ever been to. Washington is the worst by far. This so, was, yeah. So this was 2018. When's the last time they were there? 20, I think it was 2018. Last time they were there. That's the only time I've been there. Yes, it was 2018. And I experienced a couple of things for the first time. Uh, buckets in the press box to catch water draining out. And it was disgusting water. Borderline sewage water. Probably. I'm telling you. Probably. And guys walking around with assault rifles uh, just in the press box. Um, really? Yeah. And just o- over the shoulder and then walking through the... Uh, the the where the lunch was, and and that the buffet, with the, with their gun on them and picking up you know salad and 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 the like. Huh. That was the first time I had experienced that in a press box. How was the press box food? I don't remember. It probably wasn't very good. Okay, but at least I didn't have to sit with a poncho on the entire time like the Packers PR people did. Yeah, because it was 
leaking on them. So if you're going to Washington this weekend, call in 877-867-1670. We'd love to talk to you and, and see if you're prepared for what you're going to experience. When we return, Matt LaFleur's presser. I also have practice updates for Christian Watson, Sammy Watkins, Jake Hansen, Randall Cobb, Aaron Rodgers, all that good stuff. That is next. One hour left. Zach Heilprin, Ben Kenny in for Bill Michaels. The Bill Michaels Show Podcast. Listen, rate, subscribe.